Aborto di Stato Strage delle innocenti Sul sangue delle donne Si fanno affari d'oro Aborto di Stato Strage delle innocenti Processi esemplari Repressione per tutte A Trento e a Firenze Le insultano, le umiliano A Trento e a Firenze Terrore sulle donne In Italia e fuori Le trattano d'assassine Ma noi le conosciamo Siamo tutte noi Tutte abbiamo abortito Tutte sappiamo come nei modi più cruenti e più pericolosi rischiando la galera con la paura addosso ci sbattono in questura ancora addormentate ancora Sadismo, sfruttamento, razzismo, illegalità Ma che è una cosa sporca Ormai lo sanno tutti È un figlio per lo Stato O è aborto ed è reato Attenti padroni siamo milioni, attento lo Stato troppo a lungo ci ha sfruttato. Ci sbattono in questura, ancora addormentate, ancora sanguinanti e reato e non ampietà. Sadismo, sfruttamento, razzismo, illegalità. Ma che è una cosa sporca, ormai lo sanno tutti. O è un figlio per lo Stato, o è aborto ed è reato. Attenti padroni, siamo milioni. Attento lo Stato troppo a lungo ci ha sfruttato. This is Anna for Indigo Radio and you were just listening to a song called Aborto de Stato, which translates to state abortion or abortion of the state. And that song comes from the 1970s from a feminist group 
in Italy. And in the 1970s, the Italian police broke into an abortion clinic and they arrested the women in there. And so this was a, a protest song in response to that. Today, we are putting out a special Indigo Radio. According to leaked Supreme Court document obtained by the news outlet Politico, a majority of the Supreme Court voted to strike down the 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling that protects the right to abortion. If this happens, there are 13 states that have what are called trigger laws that would actually make abortion illegal and 26 total states that would likely follow to make abortion illegal. Today in Brattleboro at 5 p.m. outside the municipal building, a gathering of people came out to make their voices heard. These are some of the voices that I captured today. Well, I have a 24-year-old daughter, and I can't even believe that I have to stand out here and fight for her rights to her bodily autonomy. And this, you know, in 2022, it's, I'm seethingly angry about it, um, but it feels good to stand with other people and, you know, not be alone in my anger about that. Um, I guess I knew that this day was coming, but the fact that it's real is you feel it in your bones and your veins and, and in your kneecaps or whatever. And, um, yeah, no, I, I feel grateful to live in Vermont, but I'm furious for women all over the country. Thank you. That's what I have to say. Thank you. Okay, I'll just have you introduce yourself. Sure. My name is Isaac Evans-France, and I'm a candidate for U.S. Senate in the Democratic primary here in Vermont. Okay. And I'm here because I think it's important for people to show up in solidarity with one another. Anytime that anybody's rights are under threat, that's a threat to all of our rights. And we need to stand together, we need to stick up for each other, we need to stand up for all of our neighbors near and far. And I know that one in four women in this country has had an abortion, and we need to make sure that we're protecting people's right to abortion and that we keep it safe and legal. Samantha, yes. Uh, can you tell us why you're out here today? Uh, I am out here today because Reproductive rights have kind of always been something that I have been interested in and I've kind of fought for. Um, I, I think the first protest I ever went to was a, a birth rights protest, so being able to birth how you choose, whether it was a home birth, a hospital birth with no intervention and so on. And it kind of just went out from there. I uh, actually had a really hard time becoming a mother. I had four miscarriages before I was diagnosed with a chromosome abnormality. And I went on to have four more miscarriages uh, in between um, having three healthy children. It's only made me more pro-choice to see how I, I was having pregnancies that I wanted, that were planned and that were not going well, and I was being dismissed by doctors, by nurses, by medical professionals. Just being a pregnant person, just it feels like you never win. <laughs> you know, like, if you want to get pregnant, you, you get judged. If you don't want to be pregnant, you're judged. And there isn't really many organizations that, that you know, want to help you, but Planned Parenthood has always been somewhere I could go and I knew I was going to get care. Uh, the idea of someone like me, who if, if, if my babies who were sick made it far enough, I may have had to make the decision to say goodbye, to, to terminate for medical reasons, to have an abortion. And I, I never had to make that choice, but 
a lot of these laws across the country, I, I'm not exempt just because I have a chromosome abnormality. I would be unable to seek care even if my baby was actively dying and I was saying, this is enough, we're going to stop their suffering. I wouldn't be able to do that. Even though if they had been born, I'd be able to say, well, I, they're suffering, let us, let us take them off of life support. I wouldn't be able to do that, even though I'm their life support. Yeah. That is terrifying for me. And one of my children also shares my abnormality. And the fact that she was born now with less rights than I was is horrifying. And I hope very much that we're able to codify these rights in our state constitution and that if, if she does decide to become a parent one day, if it does not go well, she gets the care that she deserves. Because I'm here to, um, because Allie asked me to come and it's really fun to like go up there and like show the sign. It's mm -hmm. real fun. Can I see what your sign says? What does it say? It says, bands of our bodies. Great. That's great. And what's your name? Luma. Luma? Uh-huh. I'm glad that you're out here today. You're showing a lot of support, huh? Great. We talk a lot about rights and bodies uh, in our family, right? Could my friend Desi be on the radio? <laughs> yeah, of <laughs> course. You go grab your friend. That's fine. <laughs> Do you want to say anything about you being out here today? Sure. Um, and what's your name? I'm sorry. Uh, Allie. Allie. Yeah. I mean, I came today because it, you know I care a lot about this uh, this issue, but also because I have two young children, both of whom have uterus. Uteruses, body, uteri, and uh, I want to make sure body, that they're uh, they understand body, what's happening joy, in the world, friend, and so we can continue body, uh, the work and the movement. Great, thank you. This your friend. Hi, Desi. Hi. I hear you chanting. Do you want to be on the radio? My choice. My body. My choice. <laughs> thank you. Allie, what do you think is you know you have your 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 kid out here? What do you think the importance of of having a lot of uh, participation from all different members of society, from the young kids to the older generations. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think uh, human rights are human rights, and how we treat one another goes across these lines of intersection, the way that things all intersect. So I remember when I became a vegetarian as like a young feminist and came out as queer and started connecting all of these issues, like the way we treat animals, the way we treat each other, like uh, talking about incarceration rights, racism, like that these issues are all sort of born of the same systemic, um, you know, uh, issues that this country has, you know, inequality and its deep history of racism. And I mean, that's all, that all comes to, to a head in these different ways and different, um, different, seemingly different ways, but they're all really connected. So, and I think bringing my kids here too is, you know, a way to connect our history to the current and then to the, you know, the future and make sure they're involved. All right, Hannah, what brought you out here today? I have spent many years working at the intersections of reproductive health, reproductive justice, and education. Um, I started a full-spectrum doula organization that trained folks to support people getting abortions. I worked for Planned Parenthood as a community educator. Now I'm a psychology student, and it is abundantly clear to me that the right to abortion access and to thoughtful, safe, legal, non-judgmental reproductive and sexual health care is a linchpin in any 
any effort of justice that we have. And if people are not able to have basic bodily autonomy, we cannot make progress around racism, sexism, homophobia, economic justice, any of the issues that we need without that right. And this affects so many more people than I think a lot of the popular media thinks about. And it's really important for us to show up and for all different types of people to show up. Can you tell me a little bit about your work as a doula and working with people who are going through the process of having an abortion and what that, the importance of the the doula role. Yeah, yeah. So um, abortion dueling came out of a, a movement called full spectrum doula work, which um, kind of came from the idea that uh, we had birth doulas, so non-medical support people supporting people giving birth. But it, what a lot of different people who started this movement about 15 years ago started talking about was if we're acknowledging that people need no more support while they're giving birth, what about other outcomes of pregnancy? What about miscarriage? What about stillbirth? What about abortion? Um, any type of outcome. And so abortion dueling really came out of that, of saying we're going to support anything that happens around a pregnancy for any kind of person. And the reality is because of the politicization of abortion in our country, a lot of the clinics that provide care can't have support people come into the room. So in a lot of different states, we are working in Connecticut and New York, um, even if you have a really supportive friend, family, partner, they can't come in with you when you're getting the procedure, and so you have to do it alone. Um, with really wonderful staff, obviously, but they also have medical jobs to do at the same time. So the doula model brings in volunteer doulas who are trained in informational, emotional, and physical support, and they're there with you from the minute you walk back from the waiting room, through the procedure, through recovery, until you leave again. And what that looks like is so different because every person is different. So some people want to be distracted with a different sto another story, other people need to do really deep breathing techniques, some people want to talk to you about what's going on for them, some people don't. But the biggest thing I learned from that is we can't make any judgments about why people need to make the choices they do or what their stories are. Our assumptions about who is in an abortion clinic is often really wrong and popularized by the media. This affects such a broad range of people. And the humanness of it is really what comes through for me. That people are doing absolutely the best they can in the situations that they have. And that looks different for everybody. And for some people, that means needing to terminate a pregnancy. And nobody should get to make that decision for someone except for themselves. So one more thing that I think is just really important to know is that with the repeal of Roe v. Wade, what we are looking at isn't that abortion will be entirely inaccessible, but that the people who are going to have the hardest time reaching it are the people who are already most impacted by systems of injustice. So people who are already dealing with poverty, dealing with racial violence, dealing with uh, domestic violence, dealing with any type of oppressive situation are less likely to be able to access care. So when we talk about taking away the federal right to abortion, that means that we're going to exacerbate all of the systems of inequity that already exist. So it ties into everything. Right. So that's something I say is like this is not a woman's issue. First of all, not everyone who gets abortions identifies as a woman. This is not a, you know, liberal issue. This is an issue of who has a right over what happens to their body and who doesn't, and that's going to show up in every field of our society. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's no problem. such important work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Daniel Quip, uh, would love for you to tell us why you're out here today. Great. Yes, why am I here? So I showed up outside Planned Parenthood on my lunch break earlier to help people chalk messages of support on the sidewalk. I wrote about my vasectomy and I feel like men have an active role to play in you know, the fight for reproductive liberty, reproductive justice, and that you know men can be more active in their support of this movement. 
And men, you know, I think it's really healthy for men to talk about their own experiences with reproductive, you know, justice issues. You know, we all came from our mothers, and many of us probably know people that have um, had issues accessing appropriate health resources and being treated with respect. I, you know, I want the the people. I know, and the people I don't know in my community to be able to access the kind of um, reproductive health care that they need. Um, and, you know, it's funny, I think sometimes being in Vermont, we get so kind of like, everything's great here. And like, you know, the, the reproductive liberty amendment that's proposed and the constitutional change and all that is like a really good thing for Vermont and how do people in Vermont kind of like stand up and take part in this kind of more national conversation and how can we support other people is like a, a question to wrestle with and I don't have the answer mm -hmm. for it right now but I mean I would imagine like outside of our state's borders there are um, you know funds to donate to and mm -hmm. um, networks to get involved with and I just I really think that like men can do a lot more and that there are probably a lot of men out there in the world who would be very much like on the side of like the people who are showing up for these kinds of events. It's yeah. not the time to just kind of sit back and say that this isn't my issue. I really like that you have brought that piece into it because I think also there be, there is this very narrow lens of why someone may get an abortion right and also as if it doesn't affect men also right all right i'm here with nancy nancy can you tell us why you're out here today i'm out here today because i have grandchildren because i feel like women have fought like crazy including me for the kinds of rights we have now in the 50s we didn't have those rights at all and we fought and fought and fought and now that we've fought so hard for all those rights they're going to take them away that's why i'm here i am furious and i'm furious for all of the young people who have to grow up not knowing if they're even going to be able to legally use birth control what an insane time that's why i'm here great thank you nancy thank you so I would love for you to tell us your name and why you came out here today. Okay, I am Susie Webster Tolino and I am a Brattleboro resident and I came out because when I went to bed last night upon seeing the, uh, you know, on Facebook of all places, what was going on with uh, the Supreme Court, I was enraged and saddened, just enraged and saddened and so you hear Adele, that's my alarm. Okay, yep, I'm going to snooze my alarm. <laughs> What does the alarm signify? <laughs> it was that I, had, I told somebody that I would choose hymns for Sunday. Uh -huh. that and I'm such, going to do that. such a peaceful alarm. I know, because I hate the loud ones. I, I really that do. Was this a is good comic, like, comic oh, relief. Yeah. Okay, so you could edit all of that out. I will. <laughs> or not, whatever. In. whatever I, I might keep the Adele alarm. You do what you need to do. It's all fine. No, I, I just feel like there's um, this I'm is good. a real slippery slope I, where all of the, um, the legal stuff that's happening yeah, puts, this is, puts at risk. Not just women's bodies and women's choices and um, healthcare choices, but also it, it, it you know, bleeds out into other places where um, 
human rights will yeah. not be honored. And it's being, I'm really mad, I'm really mad that it's, um, so much of it comes from a religious viewpoint as if that's the Christian way to think. It ticks me off. Uh, and I, I think it's not representative of my understanding of the benevolent God of the universe. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. This is Anna again for Indigo Radio, and I just want to thank all of those people out there on the streets today that showed up and offered their voice to this Indigo Radio special that we're doing tonight. We're going to go out with a song called Sally's Pigeons by Cindy Locker. Thanks, everyone. I had a friend with a pirate smile. Make believe and play, pretend we were innocent and wild. Hop the fence and slam the gate, running down my alleyway in time to watch Sally's pigeons fly. We love to watch them dive and soar, circle in the sky. Free as a bird from three to four and never knowing why. Neighbors pull their wash back in Put away my Barbie can Look out overhead while Sally's pigeons fly I had a fool's confidence that the Had her eye across the street on someone shy and tall. We lived our dreams and challenged fate until she told me she was late. And Sally led his pigeons up to fly. Oh uh-huh.